you are now listening to Chunky Wells of the Podcast. This is episode number 78. Uh, I am your host, Kevin, and we are about to take you into the danger zone. By danger zone, I mean sometimes these things, as much as I try to plan, as, as much as I try to stack the deck, um, and stack the deck's the wrong, wrong turn of phrase here, as, as much as I try... The people that come on the show and talk about this are my friends, and and they, and they do stuff for the site. Uh, what we all have in common is that we all love music, and so. But I know, and just from talking to them, what the types of music they like, how they might react to something. Um, so, like in this case, uh, Carrie was a huge fan of Cold Specs, and, and I knew that, and I and I also didn't know what Adam was going to think. So, I try to try to build the uh, the panel, if you will, that we talk about this stuff uh, to get. Uh, a certain type of conversation. In this case, uh, as fun as the conversation was, it was exactly the not opposite. Just I had no idea we would be having these conversations about this album. Um, so slightly off the rails for what is planned. But I think we, we, we uh, sort of righted the ship and uh, steered it onwards. And uh, it, what you get is a real honest take on, on an album that uh, I think is one of the best of the year. Uh, I'd say that I'll say that right out front. Uh, but obviously other people, as you will find out, do not. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, this just hit me in a certain way, and it didn't hit other people. Uh, before we get on to that, though, I, I want to say something unexpected sort of happened today. Uh, I've been trying to cover... I've seen Sturgill Simpson three times now. We've talked about him on the podcast. One of the times was on my birthday. Uh, that was fantastic at the Tiny Desk concert. Uh, but finally got to see him and shoot him because I have my camera back now. Uh, at the Birchmere last week, wrote a little review, put it up like we do, and uh, apparently he saw it, put it on his page. Could have been his PR person, but uh, who gives a fuck? Put it on his page. Uh, and so right now, I think 811 people have read it, and the number keeps going up. That is extremely flattering, uh, especially considering that Simpson did all the work. Uh, that's where the talent is, but... Um, I just want to say that sort of freaked me out. I don't get all fanboy or whatever on stuff uh, very often, but that, you know, Sean Barna actually texted me like, holy shit, he posted on Facebook, and then I squealed like a little girl. So there you go. Um, so thanks, Turtle, for doing that. At any rate, uh, we're going to get on the podcast, uh, Cold Specs, challenging little album, challenging little conversation. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, here we go. This is episode number 78 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, talking about Cold Specs' new album, Neuroplasticity. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. That right there, he is a wonderful power.
is actually the first podcast uh, proper since Andre has been gone. So no. if somebody can say something like super heady, <laughs> I would appreciate that. We'll have a special section later about what anybody would want to do while listening to this music, because that was usually okay. Andre's contribution about yeah, yeah. What, what you would do, what you would have this music exact on. Exact situations where we can talk. I would definitely We, we probably should have just recorded uh, that last night at Galaxy Hut. <laughs> clips from yeah, the Yeah, yeah. So sound uh, clips until he gets back. So this week we're going to be talking about a new album from uh, Cold Specs. Uh, name of that was Neuroplasticity. Uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, but first, uh, we are here with Adam, Paul, and and clearly define the new girls allowed son Carrie. Uh, you I saw keep, the sign. I, keep sneaking but, in. <laughs> I pretended like I couldn't read. She um, just doesn't care about the He-Man I, woman haters. No. <laughs> <laughs> Last Tuesday, I'm Darla. Adam, what did we do? We went to see Sturgill Simpson at the Birchmere, and did. I couldn't think of a better place to see the guy. Yeah, you know. Except nobody was standing up. Well, you're not supposed to stand up at the Birchmere, man. But I think you might want to stand up at a show. The Birchmere right? is like a it's like a kind of tradition. They 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 are a little ramshackled by tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've played there a couple Despite times. Despite the fifteen dollar wings, I played there a couple A-wing. times, and and they take their they take their traditions very seriously. There's mm-hmm. always like a kind of um, not only is there kind of a rule list for. Um, for the bands, but also for the for the audience, you know. <laughs> Actually, God, you know what happened? Fucking, uh, I was. We did a gig there with. Uh, I did a gig there with Virginia Coalition, and, uh-huh. and I was like, man, let's let's get let's get let's just get Justin Jones in here right. on a solo acoustic, and and he was awesome, but he was being Justin, right? You know, and he was like, you know. He was like going, oh well, motherfucker, you know, and stuff like that, and, and like people the, were passing out, and yeah, people were like, kids were crying. It was it was heavy. Well, it's, and, it's a good thing that place has fainting couches. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was it actually. I mean, Justin, uh, it, it, he he broke some rules there, and like as a result, he had a hard time getting back in, which was stupid because Justin's awesome. Yeah, yeah you know, sure. but like they take their yeah, they rules. have like a special Justin clause in all of it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. But there's a there's potty um, mouth clause. It was it was. Completely stupid because Justin's awesome, but he had to. I don't know if he's. I think he's been back a couple times, but right. I think he had to like do a little tap dancing, you know, Just in order nice to get back into the place. But um, done that for a few venues. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it was a uh, I, I, man. Sturgill. Did was you just ever awesome make nice? No. Sturgill was Sturgill was amazing. Yeah, um, and um, <laughs> uh, you know when they, those guys that band came out, and I was looking at them, and I was like, those guys, they look like. They're all this like the staff at a gas station in Mechanicsville. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and and that drummer, I was like, the drummer was like twenty one. He just turned twenty one. Yeah, I was like, I need some fucking ID from this kid. But what was amazing? What I loved what about did, it. What did we learn though they, about those guys? They're amazing, they're fucking, and they're fucking amazing. And and the 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 drummer. You guys realize I can't play this podcast actually at the Birchmere because you guys have said <laughs> yeah, exactly. fucking like nine hundred times. True. true. <laughs> um, but uh, I have to cancel our booking. What's his name? <laughs> uh, the, the guitar player. He's he's. He's from Estonia. Yeah. And I love that. He's like, and, but he came out and I had no idea because he looked like he was from Kentucky. Sure. You know, because sure. he was, he was completely playing the part, man. He was wearing the, he had his, his goatee yeah, and he had the cowboy hat on, on and the boots, you know, but I love the idea that he's this guy from Estonia who, who at some point just sort of like got infected with traditional like seventies country music. I, I will say like as a guitar player, like. Country, the good country is some of the hardest shit. To Absolutely, play. and that guy was amazing. And this guy, I don't even know what the fuck. We were there with Justin, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and 
I don't, I don't. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. You mean, you mean Justin from Chunky Glasses? Yes. Not just. You need to not clarify. Justin Jones, not yeah. Justin yeah. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. I mean, it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like this is. It's insane. When when you can take a Strat and make it sound exactly like a pedal steel. No, it was a Tele. Oh, it was, it was he was Tele. Like, God yeah, damn. he was. I was kind of hoping, and he had this killer, um, like his backup Tele was this fucked up primer paint piece yeah, of nonsense. Yeah. But I just, I was hoping it would his 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 go to guitar would break, so he'd break that thing out. Because yeah. I was thinking, it was you guys are like country awesome. fanboys. Well, I, I just. Daria I miss that kind of music. No. Daria was surprised that I was not on stage humping Sturgill's leg. Yeah. I shot the show. I thought about it for a second. I was there. I was in position. I would have done it. Um, but no, I, you know. But, you know, yeah, that guy was amazing. I think the story of the show was, in fact, Sturgill, though. Like, I've seen him three times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time was by himself, awkwardly opening for one of those communion events. Uh, opened for a band, a DC band called Pleasure Curses. Mm-hmm. Which was not a good match. Yeah, but not. Um, and then uh, the tiny desk mm-hmm. on my birthday, which was pretty pretty sweet. Right. But we've been waiting to see him with a man. He and, did, and, that, and it was just like oh. he. There's you got to put on a show, and this guy just does great band. Yeah, great band. And and again, I was just I was so impressed with that guitar player. And it almost it almost seems like I guess the the the, the what's awesome, but what's also a little bit of a tragedy is that. In order to get a guy, because he, he's like 25. He looks like he's 25 or 26. Sturgill? He's, he's like, no, no. I'm uh, talking about the guitar player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guitar player from Estonia. Yeah. You know, it, and it almost feels like in order to get a guy who can play traditional country that well, it's like he almost has to be from Estonia because all the Nashville guys <laughs> yeah. are playing horse shit. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the, I don't know. It, well, shit, now we're not going to get played in Nashville either. Oh, fuck Nashville. Nashville's <laughs> bullshit. But, but, now we're out of... Well, Trotten? Out of, <laughs> out of Birchmere. Can't go so to Nashville. It was a great show. It was a great show. And, and like it made me yeah. realize how much I miss that kind of music, and I miss those kinds of bands, because it's really hard to play, because it takes so much restraint. You know, you have to be skilled, and you have to have a lot of, like, Bravery and like taste and restraint mm-hmm. in order to to be as tight as that band is, and those guys were, you know, yeah, it, it they were absolutely amazing, start, start to finish, amazing. It, it was, it was. They know he knows specifically how to be a showman, exactly how to entertain, and and more to the point, you really. I I got. I mean, I knew why. We've been over how many times I've listened to the fucking album, but yeah. I, I knew why. Yeah, you need he like an intervention. He, is. On that he basically is like, I have this thing I have to do, so I'm going to do it. Right. It's very decisive, very just like boom, and and the execution is flawless. Yeah, they I were mean, great. It's, it's fucking. Mad. And what? I, and another thing about the drummer that really impressed me was um, that drummer had a kick drum, a snare drum, a floor tom, a hi hat, and like a ride cymbal with rivets. Mm-hmm. And he's twenty one. And normally, when you see a twenty one year old's drum kit, it's a fucking debacle. There's like seven hundred pieces. Nine little symbols that go. Pierce freaks and geeks. There's a yeah, exactly. There's a China boy. There's a there's a double kick. There's there's just Quadruple all this cowbell. terrible shit going on with your average. Well, you 21 need one in every octave. With your average like twenty one, it almost feels like these guys went to like a Juilliard, like the country traditional country equivalent of Juilliard. They seemed like that, um, yeah. you know, like that legit about the tradition of it. And I was I was just I, I loved it. No, yep. absolutely loved it. Very true. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, this new album from Cold Specs. Uh, here's the first single, uh, Epsisto. A <laughs> 
latest album from a 26-year-old Montreal-based singer, songwriter, uh, Al Spix. I don't know how you pronounce the last name. SPX. Yeah, it's Al Spix, but it's actually, that's not her real name. No, uh, otherwise known as Cold Specs. Really? Uh, Mm -hmm. Her first album came out in 2012. was I Predicted Graceful Expulsion. Uh, to wide acclaim, Carrie, you and I actually saw her jam in Java. I've actually seen her uh, three or four times. Yeah, we saw her at the yeah. 30 Club, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening for Jim James, she's one of the people she's worked with. Uh, Jim James, uh, she worked with Moby, performed for Joni Mitchell's 70th birthday, mm-hmm. uh, alongside Herbie Hancock. Uh, she was on the latest Swans record. Yep. And the, actually, a very they're, similar and they're on <laughs> feeling to that. And they're on um, this one, too. Yeah, so. and Michael Guerra is on this one. Um, also is on uh, jazz trumpeter Ambrose uh, Akinusira. I think that's how you pronounce his name, his last album. So the trumpets you hear on, on that. What the fuck is Gus doing? I don't know. I'm trying to get him to come over. <laughs> uh, anyway, her, her latest album, um, originally, the I guess, the, the whole thing was she was described as Doom Soul. Doom Soul, yeah. I think she's come out sort of against. She doesn't want to be called that anymore. Um, like Doom Jazz Hands. Doom, doom Jazz Hands. Um, I think I know what you think about this. I might know. I don't know if you things, do or not. But I don't know. <laughs> but I have no clue what Adam's impressions were. So let's doing, start with him. She's doing, her, vocally, she's doing a throwback, but. She's to me. It's like a throwback that I have no interest in whatsoever. Did you Did you hear the first album? Uh, yeah, and and what, how did you feel about that one? I just it's the same. Okay, so thing. It's, all right. it's like I like you know I'm a jazz guy and I'm a jazz vocalist guy, but right. like when I, when I'm listening to female jazz vocalists, I'm leaning towards like Dinah Washington or Sarah Vaughn or like Billie Holiday and stuff like that. She is rolling. She sounds like the daughter of the the lady who did. The theme song from Goldfinger. Do you know what I mean? That's and that's explicit. Yeah, but that's like a jazz. But that's like a jazz, like Goldfinger. You know, it's 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 that's like jazz that nobody really gives a shit about. Is you is, know, it, is, and, the, is the music bringing you to that, or is is her? Voice? I'll tell you what. I love I love her drummer. Her drummer's yeah. doing all sorts of like interesting kind of uh, playing around the beat. A Tom heavy stuff, but vocally, I I'm not interested in anything that this girl is doing at all. You know, because okay. it's it's just seems like it seems like rehashed, um, rehashed big band, uh, not even interesting jazz vocals. It's just like it, it's just I'm, See, I'm not I, feeling it. I, I think the strength uh, and and I think this is a, a, I think it's a good album. I think it's an uneven album to be sure. Uh, I, but I think this, it's weird because I think the strength is like her voice and then all the stuff that happens around it. Like it's just figuring out how she plugs into it. I mean, we saw her open for Jim James, and she mm-hmm. hasn't figured out how to perform. No, she's 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 like this combination of shy, 
and also way too pensive on stage. Yeah. And um, also... To be fair, that was after James Ames' birthday, so she was hungover. True, and she did actually admit that a number of times. Yes. But then when we saw her at Jam and Java, she did not have that excuse. And there, much like Jim James, there was a lot of hiding behind a cowl that yeah. she had this like giant hood thing on. Jam and Java. Yeah, Jam and Java. She was wearing a costume in Vienna. No, 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 it wasn't yeah, a costume. She, was, she was wearing. <laughs> she's wearing a cape. Uh, she's wearing a cape. Yeah. Big cape. No, that's um, was it a squirrel cape? No, yeah. but it was one that Jim James gave her. So I mean, that, that's that. Yeah, you wear that. Yeah, you, you wear, wear that. that. You wear that. I would. I would, I would wear a cape. I would wear that to court. I mean, yeah. I would wear that. I'd wear that. You show up to my to next my, meeting. I'd go to my daughter's teacher, parent teacher night in that thing. But uh, if Jim Dance that would be me, an but interesting meeting if yes, you did that. I bet it would. Um, so, so I, Carrie, yeah. I loved the first album uh, because I actually find that she's got a lot more sincerity in her voice than I think Adam finds in it. Um, I actually do equate her more to um, Billie Holiday with just the like bleak, pleading, mm-hmm. um, just desolate kind of uh, quality to her voice. But I thought that the first album, the songs were actually really high quality. The lyrics were amazing. And it, there were a, a lot of songs that stuck with me for a really long time. This particular album, um, I think I've had it for a month and I listened to it twice. And it's just so discordant and so almost off-putting and unfriendly mm-hmm. that I just don't want to listen to it. Um, and it's, it, to me, it doesn't, there's not a song on it that specifically makes me want to listen to it again. Well, if you, if you look at the, the actual uh, definition of neuroplasticity, right. and I think this is key to like what you're talking about here, it right. refers to changes in neural pathways and synapses, which are due to changes in behavior, environment, and neural processes. As right. well and, and as changes <laughs> resulting from bodily injury. Right. But, and, that, but, and, and I'm listening to it. It was kind of like, uh, I feel like somebody who really likes St. Vincent would like this and would actually be able to identify with the structure mm-hmm. of the songs. But to me, it sounded almost like a sound experiment where her, she's, she's playing around with her voice much more on this one in a way that I don't like. When, yeah. um, when she takes her voice, which I find has an amazing quality on its own, and she does that kind of like flattening, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I hate, I really don't like that. I find mm-hmm. it unpleasant to listen to, and so I'll turn it off. And there's no there's no part of a song that goes underneath it. It sounds like it's a series of layers that would go underneath an actual song. And that first song, um, that, that that first um, that first track that's yeah. off, is uh, I think it's a perfect example of this. And, and, and like. If I can, you know, t- take from Andre, what would you do while you're listening to this? It seems like it's Cut a soundtrack yourself. for like for bizarre behavior. Like it's just so kind of. Cut yourself. I don't get. I, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Off color joke, Paul. Right. right, but it's more like you know, Darn if, if you're if you're having a stroke, this would make sense. Or if you're just doing something completely bizarre, that's what. Let's. Let's hear another track from this real quick, uh, because I I think there there is one standout track that I want to get to, and and that's sort of where we're we're headed on this, but uh, this is Old Knives. I think uh, this does feature Michael Gere on it, so, but... uh, Graciously decide 
First of all, like Andre and I like talked about the Swans record. Like that ends like a Swan song. Mm. Yes. Uh, like like the whole Swan song. If, except if it was Swans, it would be like forty minutes long, <laughs> and just like no, 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 and you know you wouldn't be happy. And so it's interesting, like you say, this makes you feel bad. That uh, it makes me not like myself. Andre and I sitting. It was just me and him talking about it sitting down here. Like we feel weird, dude. We just feel because uh, and we're and, sitting in a basement. We need to get out. Yeah. And, and so it's like, it's like playing strip poker. So with I guy. feel like like this. Like she is trying to, especially by working cool. with them, like very overtly trying to achieve some of that. I mean, she was on the record. Yeah. He's on there. I, I wanted to ask you, Adam, about the vocals though. Keep talking about like the jazzy stuff. I think. Okay. I think when. Where this album really works and really shines is when they do bring in the more jazz elements to complement what she's trying to do. But a lot of times it devolves into, like, 90s goth. Right. And then it becomes totally uninteresting, and you're like, well, what is she doing? And I'm wondering how that's coloring your perception of, like, her vocal delivery, what she's doing. Um, it's You know what it is? It's her range. I, I can't... And again, this is just a personal preference mm-hmm. thing when it comes to kind of like female kind of traditional jazz vocalists. Like if you're listening to Billie Holiday, if you're listening to Emma, to uh, Ella Fitzgerald, or if you're listening to Dinah Washington or any one of them, they can, they can, uh, the range is higher up, you know, but also they can do it in front of a huge band with like 10 trumpet. Yeah. Uh, it, t- it sounds just as good in front of like an enormous big band as it would if you just took like, um, a saxophone and a bass and like a guitar and a drummer mm-hmm. and a pianist. That's exactly and, how she performed but, on the first album, though. But, well, I, yeah, I mean, exactly. A bassist, a saxophonist, a yeah. But it wasn't. It didn't fit. It wasn't well, good to you. The first one didn't. To me, it did. But this one, I think, falls apart for the same reasons that you're saying. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I, I don't. Th- I also don't think that's what she's going for, though. Yeah. Like I think totally there are ja- vocally, there are jazz elements. Oh, there's jazz elements there, but saying. Because, you know, a couple of the greatest singers of all time were able to do it in front of a big band in an era when that's what you did and what you aspired to. And now you've got somebody who has a similar vocal range and style but isn't claiming to or trying to do the same thing. I don't know how you hold that against somebody. I guess what I'm holding against her, and I don't know that I'm holding it against her. What I'm saying is her her delivery and her method is, is... I'm trying to think of a way to put this that doesn't make me sound like a dick. Oh, don't worry about it. We all sound like dicks. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> all the we're t- sitting in a constantly <laughs> hours worth of we're, sounding we're, like we're a dick. sitting in a basement so. talking about somebody else's music. There's nothing but dickishness yeah. Yeah. all yeah. around. So I don't know. I, I guess what are, I think she's she's her delivery is influenced by jazz mm-hmm. singers, but. 
I would say jazz done from like 1966 to 1968, mm -hmm. where it's just kind of belting it out, and there's not a lot of nuance there. So does that make it though not a personal preference for you, or does it make it you're just like that? It's a personal preference because sure. she's she's her 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 go to method of singing is kind of from an era. And it's obvious that she's completely influenced by this era mm -hmm. of music, and I mean, it's an era can... that I don't really like. You know, it's we, it's Shirley Bassey. I mean, okay. Play Goldfinger. Yeah, by we're Dassey. gonna play Goldfinger. But, but where are we going here? Because because you, you've gone Ella Fitzgerald, Shirley Bassey, nineteen sixty six to sixty eight. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of differentiation right here. I'm like I'm no, not entirely there's, sure. There's, uh, just just play play Goldfinger. She's uh, going for Goldfinger. She's going uh, for Shirley Bassey. Uh, I don't, I just know. don't let, think let, so. Let's see. Let's, let's take a vote. I mean, that's obviously over the top for, but, for James Bond, and I, I, don't, I don't find there to be any sincerity in, in that voice. I don't Whereas find any I in hers like, either. Right, but I, I mean, I, I personally do. I don't mm -hmm. particularly like this album, and I don't particularly like how she stretches her voice out in this, but I do think that she's at least being sincere about it. What drives me nuts on this one is that all of the songs are basically two chords. You know, it's dun, 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 and then you keep waiting for it to like reach a point where it's going to break into something or it's going to erupt or there's going to be something massive and then it's just like oh song's over what's um i the album at the end of the day works for me only because of of this the last song so i'm gonna play that season right. out and like <laughs> and carry your night In the bleak night 
And we dance like ghosts deprived of fight. The body will come to understand a season of doubt. So that last song, that last line, that uh, I've got an unrelenting desire to fall apart, for me at least, ties together that whole album. Like you said, it's uncomfortable. There are, uh, her range is very limited. She's throughout it, throughout it, but it's meant, again, back to this, I think, I didn't think before we started this that the Swans collaboration was that significant, but I think it's really significant because if you listen to a Swans album, like, they're... To a, a casual listener, they're fucking not good. They're not good for anybody. They're they're not yeah. something you put on. They're something you put on. Swans to, are quicksand. They're definitely quicksand. You know, and yeah. and this, I think you can. I mean, like swans, you have to have giant cans on and yeah. thing alone in the basement. I mean, I mean hilariously, I in listen the dark to this, with an incense that's like an off brand. Much like Mastodon, which is the feel good like metal album this summer. I like the Dalai Lama would go listen, fuck it and kill himself after listening. I listened to this while I was mowing the lawn, and I was like, yeah. mowing the lawn, Mastodon. Yeah, it's like, mm. yeah, she get me. So, Paul, I mean, I know like this type, maybe not this album, but this type of music tends to be your jam. Yeah, and like. I was like, holy fuck, like, if Paul likes this, we're going to agree on this, because that, like, I, the first time I actually paid attention to the lyrics, we were actually flying to Milwaukee, and that line just, like, gutted me after hearing the whole thing. Well, the thing is, I, I do like parts of this album, and I think you've selected these last two songs in particularly really well. Like, this, uh, the last song there that you, that you highlighted... Checks in the Mail. <laughs> yeah, my zero dollar check. Sweet royalties. Um, no, this last one, that that one's good, but I think Old Knives is my favorite on the album because I think that's that's where she goes to 
some more interesting places. But, My problem with the album is just a little bit of inconsistency. Uh-huh. I think a, I think that there are some really good ideas structurally, mm-hmm. but that they only come together in some of the songs, and none of them are particularly bad. I just think that some of them are kind of filler in between the right. places where the, where it all comes together. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential, and I think there's a lot of um, a lot of a lot of stuff that's worth re-listening to on here. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't see going through the whole album. I see pulling out three or four songs and probably sticking them into, you know, the best of 2014 type of mix. Your gloom mix. It's not the gloom mix. Yeah, I mean, it's just the mix. Well, yeah, it's weird weird because I I see, like, I I see it as something like they were, she was going for an entire album. and, And I actually, I can sit down with this album and just listen to it all the way through, which I don't do with a lot of them, but, um, I mean, you know, you have words like old knives, like every old knife rusting in my back, old driving to yours. Like, that's a violent lyric. There's a lot of violence on this. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of... um, When I hear her voice, Adam, like you're talking about the range, and maybe Mm -hmm. this is what you're like, you're expecting it to explode out instead of just being this very simmering. In fact, she uses that language on one of the tracks, like simmer down. That's a very specific turn of phrase she doesn't really yeah she's a master of that particular range my problem is is that particular range is incredibly boring yeah do you know what i mean it's I, like I, being, I do. it's I like do. it's like because you're awesome at making you make the best craft macaroni and cheese i've ever had in my life but it's still craft macaroni no, that's, and cheese. that's selling it pretty short i think because I, I do think that it's i do a, think no, that it's a that great range it's i mean it's it's she's great within but the thing is that the songs aren't like the songs aren't all the same. Like there's a, I think that the vocal range might be, as you're saying, similar going through throughout the whole thing. But the but the songs are trying to do different things going along. I did not feel everybody's talking about gloom and doom. I did not feel like overwhelmingly gloomy listening to this music. And maybe that's just the usual music I listen to. But this didn't affect <laughs> that's, that's me your, negatively. You have all the feelings that none of us have. But that's, <laughs> but that's what I was talking about earlier, is that if you like, okay, you know, if you like some of the darker P.G. Harvey stuff, if you like St. Oh. Vincent, if you like the, like, where some I of these songs... I do songs, enjoy oh, some St. Vincent wait, on it. Yes, wait. you do. And no, I know, no, no. but that's what I'm saying. That's, like, that's neuroplastic- a great point. Neuroplasticity is your brain needs to be acquainted either with this or it needs to develop a, a means to accept all of mm-hmm. the way that she has these songs structured. I like her voice. I don't find the melodies or the harmonies or the lack of harmonies in this particular album to be something that it just makes me uncomfortable. I loved her other her prior one, and it was as dark as could be, and the lyrics were much more in your face violent mm-hmm. and much more in your face depressing. They were about child abuse. They were about abandonment. They were just bleak as hell. This one also has these lyrics that are tucked in with this new dynamic that she's developing and it just makes me uncomfortable to listen to it. And whereas the first one, it was like, yeah, if I'm really sad, I'm going to sit down and listen to that because I just want to know mm-hmm. that somebody understands how shitty I feel right now. But this one, I'm like, I could go into it feeling fine. And by the end of it, I'm like, Oh God, I feel shitty. All right. But let's, let, let's, another thing to consider is she's not alone in existing in that vocal range, you know, like, no, no. like, PJ Harvey, she 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 can go up and higher, and sometimes she goes down. But she spends a lot of time in that particular vocal range. And Fiona Apple does the same thing. But like, there's there's enough. Right. They do enough yeah. interesting stuff musically 
you know, but, but I think she does. I think, I, I think she does best, especially she's on... just sort of treading the same. The band and the music is treading the same ground, so it sounds like we're listening to the same song. I, see, I don't know. I think at, at its best on on like old knives. I hear, and this is a, a comp that's going to get. Kevin and Carrie rolling their eyes here. I hear like a darker version of some of the stuff that Nana Cherry was doing with the thing a few years ago on that cherry thing. And that was a you fantastic album. About it. it was a great album. <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought that up because, you know, as much as I'm saying that I don't particularly like this album, I I don't think anything on it is bad. I can listen to it. I've listened to it a number of times, and I probably will listen to it a few more times. Um I don't, I don't find it to be just, oh my, that is just god awful. No, no. Unlike no, no, not at all. Nana Cherry's you can't, The Thing. You can't, I mean, I can't, no, I, I'm not, I'm not denying, again, I'm not denying that, that she, she, I'm not, I, I would never say that, that this, this woman is, is, has no talent. She has talent. She can sing. But again, it's just that, that vocal range is, is really kind of boring to me. And, and the band doesn't seem to be doing enough to get her out of it. It just seems like this the same dirge over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it's okay to say, meh, I don't like it. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I mean, I think... I think, I think much... we know what you're going to say. You're going to be a big old fat pass, aren't you? It's, um, it's not a big old fat pass. <laughs> it's just a... It's just a... It's a... Let's do this. Adam? All right. I will skate past this. Okay. And I'll, I'll give it a, a good day, Adam. I'll tip my hat to it, but I'm gonna skate skate past it. And uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like she's shitting on the sidewalk. She's doing okay. It's just not my thing. You know, it's funny because I'm gonna start putting quotes underneath like the ratings. It's not like and she's now, sitting on the sidewalk. It's on not the... like she's sitting on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still not, I'm still not gonna take a look. Right. Uh, I am reluctantly going to pass. Really? Yeah, I I really wanted to like this more. It's so not how I thought this was going. I know, and I'm sorry. I apologize for not being pigeonholed as usual. Next week on the podcast, Kenny Loggins. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can hate Kenny Loggins. Everybody loves Kenny Loggins. (laughs) Paul, Um, I say stream it. And I'm really excited to see where she uh, where she takes this next because I think that there are, there are a couple of different directions she can go off of this album. Uh, some of them might be really interesting, and others less so. So I think the next one is going to be uh, is going to be really interesting to listen to. I, I, I will second the second half of what he just said. I'm I, also I, excited. I am totally with you, Paul. On the and, and this is this is being maybe a a bridge, an evolutionary album. Um, I'm actually going to buy it. Because I enjoy, I don't know what this says about me, but I enjoy like sitting down and listening to this and seeing what she does. As much stuff as I tend to like nitpick apart and like pull it apart, dig down to the very like minutia of it, like this I don't. And the key is that last song, and I'm just like, then you know, it's like the first feelings I've had in like a decade. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, Kevin. You're becoming a woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm actually gonna buy it. So. Uh, that is our podcast for this week. Uh, next week we're gonna get uh, even more. Uh, you thought this was fucking. Uh, <laughs> next week, Jackson Brown. No, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams has a new album out. But hey, buddy, Canada has repeatedly apologized for Brian. <laughs> no, Adams. I said to the press. No, 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 that's fucked up. He does. 
He hasn't. Does he really? No shit. I was fucking around. Does Brian Adams really have an album? It's him covering himself as if he were my favorite thing. No, no, no. I want to know what Brian Adams is doing. I must know. We got to close this out. Bring it together. No, I'm not. I'm not going to bring it up right now. Focus, people. What are we doing next week? Next week, Ty Siegel. Okay. Why? Exactly. That's why. <laughs> because Quinn could not be here. It is actually Quinn's birthday, so happy birthday to him. Happy birthday, Quinn. Um, and uh, it's also Harris's birthday. Is it Harris's birthday? Yeah, I sent him an email today. I said, I really hope that you're now old enough to get cheaper car insurance. Our business manager. <laughs> business manager. <laughs> <laughs> he does manage the business. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do that, and and because I really like just like stapling myself to things. And making it hurt. Uh, we're going to talk about the new new pornographers album. Okay. So uh, that is next week. Is Nico Kaysen on that one? Yeah. She yep. Is, of right. course. But yes. uh, so that that is going to be next week uh, as usual. I, I think I landed on a sign off. I think maybe running by you guys. Like our lawn may seem very small, but it's not. As long as you agree with us, there's room. <laughs> That good? I like get the fuck off and, our lawns, kids. Yeah, okay. I think I think I think we need to work on something a little more concise. Yeah. Right. I'm working on it. Stay the fuck off our lawns. There's like two attorneys if, telling you that that is too verbose. Yeah. If you <laughs> listener have any under. suggestions, please email it to go fuck yourself at chunky glass. That's our podcast. Thank you guys for coming down. The, let's go get some food. All right. All right. <laughs> My dad is actually the son. Yeah, let's go. <laughs>